no sooner did I make that decision, I got kicked in the schnutz. I got punched in the face. In the schnutz? Yes. <laughs> it's a struggle for me to find that line. I'm still laughing about the schnutz. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could see them, you'd be laughing even harder. Sounds you can good. consult my wife on that front. So what we talk about is we call them smart goals. We make them reasonable and something you can measure. I'm you just talking about totally my schnutz take- again with yeah. the measuring? <laughs> Hello there, everyone. Time to cope on the couch with Courtney and Brian. I, a lifelong mental health patient, she, a licensed therapist. And last week, I took all kinds of time to trash the holidays every which way but loose. This week, we're going to try to take a different approach, Courtney, as we try to hit the reset button and start a new look. Most of us have had a horrible 2020. Mm -hmm. And while that has messed with your Thanksgiving, your Hanukkah, your Christmas, your Kwanzaa, or whatever it is that you celebrate or not new year's resolution is going to be a little bit different this year Mm. now it's interesting because we can go a few different directions with this one thing that we discussed on our morning radio show this past week was how some people are making resolutions that don't really involve doing something that you are denying yourself right you know you're trying to accentuate the positive one thing that i have done recently which obviously isn't a new year's resolution was i vowed that i would get more sleep. That's Mm -hmm. been a real easy one. I love to sleep. I also said I'm going to drink less. That one, a little bit more tricky, but I think in a year where you are coming off of nothing but problems, you want to try to accentuate the positive again and not necessarily put yourself in a negative position where essentially you're setting yourself up to fail. Right, exactly. And like you said, Brian, this has been such a rough year, 2020. Oh my goodness. So I think it's important for us to take some time to reflect. Even though we've had a lot of bad things, we've had a lot of good things too, because we've been able to really see what's important in our lives. And maybe it's shaken us up a little bit to say, hey, I have my health or what do I need to do to ensure that I continue to have my health and those kind of things. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, as they say. As they say. And so I think this gives gives us some time to maybe stop and reflect because a lot of times we don't live intentionally, right? It's like day to day. Okay, we go to work, we do this, we do that. It's just like this routine. And I think that one reason for resolutions being so popular, even though a lot of times people aren't able to follow through, is that they really want to be intentional. They want to say, no, I want to stop and I want to do some self-care or I want to reflect on what I want more of in my life or what I want less of in my life. And so it is really important, but maybe this year this will really help us to reflect reflect and have some intention and think about maybe some of those bigger things or even small things that we've been neglecting in our life. And there is this other article that I'm seeing here too. People should learn new life skills, Mm -hmm. maybe have some new experiences, perhaps save some money. All of these things that are going to improve your life. Spend more time with family. That's Mm -hmm. a real easy one. We have talked in the past, both you and I have done more of this because we have nothing else to do. Take a hike through nature and appreciate all of that. Now, where you can get tripped up making these kinds of resolutions, because nothing is perfect, Mm -hmm. and we were saying this earlier, there are those people who say, I'm going to go to the gym more. And while that sounds like a positive step, it's not fun. (laughs) 
Whereas for people you, Brian, love some of us sleep. love it. Yeah, no, some people really do love it. But the people who really feel like they need to motivate themselves, there's yeah. a reason why they right. don't enjoy it. So you always see this at the beginning of the year. If you go to the gym regularly, like me, mm-hmm. even if you can't stand it, you look around and on January 2nd, I'm like, boy, things are awfully crowded here. <laughs> Not during a pandemic, of course. Right. But then within three weeks, all of those newbies are mm-hmm. gone. And it's the same thing, too, where people will say, hey, you know what? Around Christmas time and around New Year's, I'm going to start going to church more. Well, you know what? It's going to be packed there on Christmas Eve or Midnight Mass. Right. But give it a couple of weeks and all of those people will drift away. So I think it's trying to find that balance. And one area in which I've struggled in this way mm-hmm. is this. In the past, people have accused me of being far too negative, And I will fully own that. It is definitely true. It is how I am wired. And it is a struggle every day. And some people have often said, you get back from the universe what you put out there. So they say maybe what you need to do is have a more positive attitude and try to look at the bright side and try Mm -hmm. to be more hopeful. So I recall, I think it was two years ago, I was determined that I was going to turn my life around in this way. No sooner did I make that decision that within a week and a half, I got kicked in the schnutz. I got punched in the face. In the schnutz? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I got something in certain orifices. Like back to back to back to back. And this was while I was being positive. And I said, you know what? Now I'm trying to do the toxic positivity thing. If I'm just going to pretend that everything is fine and try to throw the positivity back into the universe. So it's a struggle for me (laughs) to find that balance and that line. I'm still laughing about the schnutz. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you could see them, you'd be laughing even harder. (laughs) But I digress. You can consult my wife on that front. But Courtney, for somebody like me who maybe wants wants to make that kind of a life change. I want to be more positive. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the gym more. I want to get more spiritual and get to church. But a lot of that sometimes is challenging. As a therapist, if I come in as a patient, what kind of advice do you have for me? So what we talk about is we call them SMART goals. We make them very reasonable, realistic, and something you can measure. So sometimes what people do is that's it. I'm just going to totally again with yeah. the measuring? <laughs> <laughs> Enough already. We won't go Move there, on. Brian. <laughs> I'll let Carl stick with the schnooks. But yeah, that's the thing, because sometimes I think we get very excited. We want to make these giant life changes. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I'm going to the gym every day for an hour, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. What happens is, though, we get overwhelmed by that bigness, and it's too much for our lifestyle. We don't have enough to be able to support that kind of a change. So it really does go back to, let's make it small and measurable. Let's say I'm going to go to the gym three times a week for a half an hour. Let's build on that. Let's do something that's more doable. Or I'm going to be positive every day on everything. It's like that's too much Mm -hmm. when you go from one mindset to that mindset. So it's really breaking it down and saying, what's doable for me? Can I find the good in something? Even if it's something that's negative, can I just find one good thing about it and then move on? Make it doable. So I think that's a really important thing that I do talk to my clients about is measurable and doable. Let me also say this and give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Let's just say that you binge drink on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can start by saying, well, I don't have to do it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, maybe I can just start by doing it on Friday. Mm -hmm. And then once you can get a grip on that, you can say, do I really need to have five or six drinks on Friday? Can I have one or two? Mm -hmm. And it's that baby step approach as opposed to overwhelming yourself. Because if you just say to yourself on January 1st, 
I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. And then by January 7th, you're like, well, I put on a pound. Screw it. (laughs) Right, right. There's no way you're going to be able to execute that. And that's what a lot of people do. They go from all or nothing and they bounce back and forth. And, you know, I do a lot of substance abuse treatment. For some people, cutting down is really doable and it really helps them. Now, the caveat is if you have a very serious problem and it's interfering with your functioning, that's another thing that you can learn if you're not able to cut down, if it has to do with drinking or some kind of substance use or something like that, if you're not able to cut your drinking down, it's like, okay, then let's look at this. Do I need a more intensive program around this? But for a lot of people, yes, especially like you said, the binge drinking, they can cut down and say, okay, instead of the five or six drinks, let me cut down to three and then to two and see how I do with this. And when we take that approach, we can really learn a lot and not give us so much pressure on top of ourselves. So I think that approaching everything in that way can be very helpful. The gym or eating or if you slip up here and there, you're not going to beat yourself up and say, well, forget it, then I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. And I think that people will probably be more intentional now and also give themselves a break. We're going through a pandemic. We're having a tough time. We have great news about the vaccine coming in, but we still have a lot to deal with for the next few months and throughout next year, I'm sure. How can I give myself a break, but also instill some of these things that I can live more of my values and I can be a little more happy, even though all these other crazy things are going on? Let me give you a few more examples and let this podcast serve as an inspiration. If you are someone who is struggling with depression, with Mm -hmm. anxiety, with a substance abuse problem, get into therapy. Absolutely. Just do what we're doing here. Have conversations about Mm -hmm. it it doesn't hurt. It's not painful. It might be painful to listen to at times. Look, we're doing the best that we can. (laughs) But I guarantee you that in having that dialogue, Mm -hmm. you are going to get a lot out of it. Now, as it pertains to life at home for yours truly, two Mm -hmm. things that we are trying to work on, we have noticed, and especially since my wife has lost her job, she has perspective on what it was. And she said, my whole life revolved around that. Mm -hmm. And when I get into that next situation, I have to make sure that that doesn't become the case again. As they say from your deathbed, nobody says, God, I wish I worked more. Right. You have to focus more on the significant other, on mm-hmm. the child, on your friends, on some leisure time. And that's not to say that you can completely and totally ignore your job, right. everything in moderation. But my wife has also noticed, and this is a big problem that she has, I don't have this problem because I have OCD, which is something that I also need to work on. But because she was focusing on her job so much, much, things, projects that she needed to get done Mm -hmm. started to pile up and pile up and pile up to the extent that I kept having to get on her about some of them. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the extent where I started keeping a weekly list where I said, on this date, you said you were going to get this done and you haven't gotten it done yet. Now, there are positives and negatives to that because that list eventually became 40 something entries long. Mm -hmm. And she would look at it and say, I can't do all 40 of these things. But what you can do is say, well, what if I start working on item number one this Mm -hmm. week? And then next week, maybe I can take a look at item number two. That's the way to execute these things. Exactly. And I do that too with my clients and with myself, 10-minute tasks. So something where you say, okay, I'm going to do a 10-minute task. Nothing that's going to make me feel overwhelmed, like, oh, I have to clean this entire house or it's going to take hours. Break it down. Like, say you want to get organized. Instead of saying, I'm going to organize my whole house in one weekend, stick to one thing, maybe the guest room closet or maybe your off 
office area where your desk is. Maybe one small thing and break it down even further if you feel overwhelmed and say, I'm going to do a 10-minute task. What you want to do is you want to bypass that thing in your brain that has the resistance and you want to do the smallest amount. Like I'll even tell people, you want to work out? There's this whole thing about if you're really resistant, tell yourself, do one push-up on the floor. (laughs) Like, okay, (laughs) while I'm down here, I'll do a couple more while I'm here. Okay, I did five. Trying to do the smallest amount so that your brain doesn't resist and then what happens is you can build on that before you know it you can build a new habit here's how i can kill two birds with one stone mm-hmm. i talked about spending more quality time with my spouse i right. say to her hey let's go into the bedroom and be intimate for 45 seconds because that's all i've got <laughs> <laughs> not a 10 minute test but maybe eventually i can work up to it or maybe i can tap out and have somebody else jump in i don't know i'm just brainstorming hey at There's least no you're thinking. bad ideas in brainstorming. exactly at least you're thinking about it brian the other thing i wanted to go back to too is a lot of times we tend to externalize things like everything around us has more power than what we have. That can be a tricky thing. For instance, when you said with Carla, I do this a lot too and I've done this with jobs. I'll be the first one there. I'll be the last one to leave. I do all this work but yet sometimes I'm like, am I working smarter? I'm working harder but am I working smarter? And I had to take a look at that because even if we start a job and we're saying the intention of this is going to be different this time, this job is going to be different, I'm not going to let it take over my life. The thing that can happen though is our thing, that's our thing is that we feel like this is part of my identity. I have to work this much. In other words, we have to examine our thoughts about it. And I had to do that with work because I can get sucked into things. And so sometimes it's like, okay, where am I believing certain things that may not be true? And where can I pull back a little bit? That's who we bring with us everywhere is ourselves and our brains and our thoughts on things. So I think this is a year to reflect on that too. And I almost hate to frame it this way, but we did discuss this briefly in Mm -hmm. another podcast where we were talking about the downside of success. How many times are you putting in that extra effort and you're not being rewarded for it? Mm -hmm. You're not getting the raise. You're not getting the promotion. There are two things in this world that you don't want to be sometimes. Mm -hmm. The person who is the best at your job and the person who is the worst. Because sometimes if you are the best, maybe your superior said, this person is potentially making me look bad and I need to shut that down. Mm -hmm. You can become a target for working too hard. And that's not to say don't take pride in your work and don't try to do your best. And then on the flip side, you don't want to be the person who isn't putting in enough effort. Mm -hmm. It's another example of everything in moderation. Do what you're supposed to do. You don't always have to go so far above and beyond. Are you trying to prove something to yourself sometimes more so than to everybody else? You need to start asking that question. And that's the thing. I really do. I take the feedback and then I run it through my own filter because I know I have certain standards. I know I'm not going to expect my coworkers to do some of the things that I would do, like especially with my other job. I would give stuff to clients. I'd buy all this stuff. I love doing that. Some of the coloring books and different supplies. I like to make sure that they have things for when they're working on their anxiety, different things to distract them. Just go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of things. So there's certain things that I like to do because that just makes me feel good. But then I had to think about like how many hours am I putting in? How available am I for everyone? That kind of thing. And so you really have to run it through your own filter. Like you said, you have to kind of check in with yourself and be like, okay, is this giving me a reward? Am I doing this for other people for some certain reason? Kind of calibrating from there. And I think that that can be the hard work, but we do have to look at ourselves and what our habits are. And I brought this up to you the other day. What is with those people? And you have been this person. Yeah. They don't take all of their vacation. I will never understand <laughs> what that. Is up with those but you know what? That could yeah. be a New Year's resolution for somebody who 
right. just feels like I need to be there all the time mm-hmm. and I need to be that committed because from a mental health perspective, you need that break. Now, where I am guilty on that front, and we also had this discussion the other day, I'm that person, Mr. Perfect Attendance. I actually worked through the swine flu. Right. But I think what we've learned in 2020, that's not a smart yeah, thing to do. No. And when you are feeling a little bit under the weather now, mm-hmm. you really do have to worry about infecting other people. And I've also noticed that in being the person who is here all the time, I'm not getting treated any better than right. every other person who not only uses all of their sick days, right. but sometimes goes beyond that. So That's a I'm good... asking the question, what am I doing here? That's if I don't good feel good, why am yeah. I here? I remember one day the boss said to me, you sound ridiculous because I had such a bad cold. I'm actually hurting myself and hurting the radio station. But I'm talking like right. that. But you have this thing about you that's like, I can do oh, this. That's and, my OCD. And, right. And there's a thing. Like, I'm going to show them how hard of a worker I am. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a slacker and stay home. I can do this. But yes, we have to look at the bigger picture now. And actually, Brian, that was one of my resolutions one year was I'm going to stop and take lunch and not be at my desk doing therapy notes, calling clients, trying to eat lunch really fast and not taking time. And I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're working 12 hour days and you're not taking a lunch. So I had to stop and say, you're going to take a 20 minute lunch. You're going to actually walk away from the desk. (laughs) Those kind of things. And that may be something what somebody needs for their resolution. What can I do better for my wellness, for my mental health? Where do I need to put myself on my list? Because a lot of times people are not putting themselves in the calendar. They put everything else in there that they have to do for everyone else all the time, but they're not putting themselves. And so what do they get? The crumbs at the end of the day. And so it's really important that we honor ourselves in that way and honor our wellness. On the flip side, don't be that person. I get so many sick days. I'm entitled to them. I'm going to call in sick when I'm healthy because then you're punishing the person like me who is in here every single day and now has to take on your workload. Mm -hmm. Another thing that used to drive me crazy on that front, have you ever worked with people who smoke? And especially if you're working in retail and it's crazy busy yeah. and maybe you're running a register yeah they're outside every i don't know half hour right. while you're there never getting that break because you don't have this disgusting <laughs> and filthy habit you're getting punished for doing the right thing me and brian would like to take an m&m break or like a mars bar break <laughs> yeah exactly i'd like to take a nap is what i'd like <laughs> is that possible it got to a point I'm like, maybe I should take up smoking. <laughs> so I can get a break around That's here. the only yeah. way that I'm going to get that mental health break. But no, again, it's all about balance mm-hmm. with all of those things. Yeah. And these are ways in which you can improve yourself. And not only is it going to benefit you, it is going to benefit those around you. Right. If you're not that person who's flaking off and taking that sick day, you're going to have a better relationship with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. If you are taking more time away from work and with your spouse, it is going to help your marriage and your relationship. It's not just about you. It's about everyone around you. Absolutely. And it was funny. I was talking to someone. I thought this was so brilliant in talking about relationships. A lot of times we spend time, but is it quality time? Mm -hmm. You know, it's always nice to kind of watch movies and TV and stuff like that. But are we communicating? And they were talking to me about intentionally setting this as a couple that they would read excerpts out of a book and they would just discuss it. And there's certain books that actually ask questions so you can get to know your partner better. We got kids and we got stress and we got jobs and all this. We 
tend to talk about some of the same stuff, but do you know some of their dreams? Do you know some of the things that they went through in the past? Do you know some of their ideas on things? And do I know what their con- eye color is, which is another discussion <laughs> that you and I had recently. I can't even take the time to process that He's with like, people I am close way to too me. busy. I was like, Brian, do you even know my eye color? You look at my eyes every day. And Thank God like, I, I guessed <laughs> correctly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. But you know what? I will also circle back to this in relation to you going for therapy. That is not something that just improves your life. Mm-hmm. If you are happier, if you are less anxious, if you are less depressed, mm-hmm. not only are you feeling better, the people around you, you're not dragging them down right. with that. You're not weighing them down mm-hmm. with all of that baggage. Or worrying them because right. the families are just so worried about people a you lot of times. You create anxiety in yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And you can just learn so much more about yourself, non-judgmental. We're just here to listen, to help, to give some suggestions, some recommendations, the things that we've learned. But it is, it's a great space for that. And a lot of times we live in our head so much, we're catastrophizing and thinking like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? This, that, the other. When you sit down with somebody and they're validating your feelings and they're really acknowledging where you're coming from, it can be such a weight off your shoulder. Just that first session, I've had so many people say to me, wow, I feel so much better just to be able to talk about it. Because I think we build it up in our head so much. Oh, I don't need help and I don't want to ask anyone for help. And then you go and you share this with somebody and it really can be a great experience. And not only are you helping yourself, you are helping Courtney's savings account. (laughs) (laughs) And around this time of year, when you're buying all the holiday gifts, you could use a little boost there. Am I right? I know I'm right. You are too much. (laughs) Well, Courtney, we've done it again. We have. We resolved to enlighten the people as it pertains to making these resolutions. And I think we did just that. I think we did a good job. And I wanted to mention, because of course, people know we do Wellness Wednesday each week Mm -hmm. on our radio show, and we have great resources. So if anybody feels like they need some extra help, they want to reach out, go to catcountry.com on the Wellness Wednesday page. We have great resources for you. And especially if you want to get some help getting some therapy, we have some links there as well. And if you want to get a hold of me, wellness at WC. CTK.com. You can shoot me an email. Resolve to listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Resolve to tell friends about it. Resolve to give us a five-star rating and some good comments. <laughs> well, they got a lot on their plate. And We're going to gonna overwhelm them. social media. Yeah, you know what? You think 2021 is going to be easy? Nope. <laughs> hey, everything in moderation. I don't want you to do it all at once. We One have thing a at a time. year here, people. Ten-minute task. Look, what are we, 29 episodes in? You know, we got plenty more to we come. we got time. We got time. We can time. do this incrementally. But in the meantime, you can catch us on socials at Cat Country mornings in most spots. We have personal pages. I'm Brian Mulhern at Brian Cat Country on Twitter. We have Courtney, who's Courtney Kelly in some places, Courtney Kelly Bedard in <laughs> others, Frank Laughlin in another. I don't know what that one's all about. <laughs> but maybe we'll examine that in episode oh, 30. Yeah. We can talk about that later. <laughs> but in the meantime, Happy New Year and thanks for coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. Thanks, everybody. I want to talk-